You're listening to The Fashion Detour, a show that provides insights into the minds of creatives within the fashion industry. My name is Michal Goldfein, and I'm sitting down with the creators to talk about their processes, their inspirations, and lessons they've learned along the way. I'm very excited because we have two special guests. They are the co-founders of Strick. Their names are Zafir Khan and John Shanahan. How are you guys? Good, good. It's great to be here. Awesome. So sorry um, to all the listeners out there, but my throat is a little bit, uh, you know, kind of bothering me tonight. But we'll we'll pull through. <laughs> so we, I really want to know what inspired you both to start the Strix brand. So. I started it in my last year of college, actually. Um, I had just gotten married that summer, and I woke up with a big zit, actually two or three of them. Um, and, you know, there are always makeup artists there for the women at the, at the wedding. Um, and I figured, okay, whatever, they'll come over for two seconds, put a bit of concealer on. Never ended up happening. I was too embarrassed to go and ask. And the pictures ended up being printed that way. Our album came. It, it was a disaster. We had to have it reprinted. It was a whole fight with the photographers. And it bothered me in the coming weeks and months, kind of like, why is there no easy solution here? For men, um, you know, there's nothing comfortable, nothing accessible. If I wanted to get a concealer, where would I even go? What would I even do? The more I spoke to guys, the more I was hearing that guys were really using these products. They were stealing from their girlfriend, their wife was putting on, you know, whatever it might be. But none of them had their own, you know, even though they kind of wanted it. So that's kind of how the whole thing got started. Um, I had been looking for a while for someone else to uh, be able to help me uh, build out the brand and come on full time with me. Um, and so uh, I was lucky, lucky enough to find John a little while ago. Um, and, and he's come on full time as co-founder. And uh, together we've been, been building out the brand since. Wow, that's amazing. And John, can you tell me more about the brand and the product you offer? Yeah, so like Devere said, he was looking for not just products that spoke to him that he was comfortable using, but also a brand overall. And being now in a world where there is such a distinct difference between a brand that speaks to a guy and a brand that speaks to a woman, uh, that's how the products were designed. And so they started with a, a concealer tool and a tinted moisturizer, so you're able to fix you know, any emergency things on your face, but also the tinted moisturizer is a way to uh, hydrate your face and make sure you are fighting any sort of like acne and things that are going on your face, but also give you some pigment and even out your skin. So we're in a generation where everybody is on photo and video all the time. And it's, you know, it's very important to look your best and guys are coming around to the idea that style is important. Your appearance is important. And so those are the two products we have now, but we do it in a way that isn't, um, you know, it's, it's meeting the guy at their level. And so that's one of the things that I'm really excited about doing now is to take what I've done on my own YouTube channel and bring that to the Strix brand, which is educating guys and letting them know that there is stuff out there that they can use. And it is pretty accessible because the way that I always found skincare was through my wife. My wife was like, you got to put this on your face, do this, do that. 
and that is most guys' experience, and that's how a lot of guys were using concealer before was the, your your partner was saying, let me fix your face here really quickly and, and putting that sort of makeup on. And so empowering guys now to give them their own products is really what we're after. And so, you know, starting with the tinted moisturizer and the concealer was, was our way of doing that. Yeah, and do you feel like it was hard to you know break through to the guys just to convince them that they could have their own concealer and moisturizer yeah i think right now we're especially seeing guys i think 70 percent of our customers uh, have never bought this type of cosmetic before so we are getting guys that had been using some type of concealer or women's concealer before but a lot of the guys that we speak to that have, have purchased Strix now are saying that my wife has been telling me to use this my girlfriend's been telling me to use this and so it's stuff that they're at least somewhat familiar with they just haven't had a product that they could either walk into a department store pick up and buy or had something that was online that was trying to help them get over that process and so yeah we're, we're definitely speaking to those what we haven't really started to speak to yet are uh, the women who are telling the guys that and then giving it to them because I think that's a, a further proof of validation for the guy is like, okay, you know, a woman finds this, they buy it for the, the guy in their life, and then that's probably even more than a guy saying that, that's probably the most validation they can get. Yeah, and it's interesting because my husband has more products than I do, I think. <laughs> I mean, I, I should say, I should change that. I should say more hair products than I do. Um, and he's always like with different, I don't know, gels and pomades and, and, and I'm just mystified by the whole entire uh, yeah. situation. Not uncommon. Not uncommon. Yeah. So your, you have your tinted moisturizer for men. So how is it different in texture or ingredients when comparing it to a woman's tinted moisturizer? So I, I'll answer for, for both products, actually. Um, so first and foremost, it, it's the design of the product itself, right? So the, these don't look like female products. They're not just the stock packaging and we slap the four men label on the front, right? Like we really went from the ground up and said, if, if we're making a concealer, if we're making a tinted moisturizer for a guy in the year, well now almost 2020, this is already two years ago, what would it look like? How would it function? How would we formulate it, et cetera, et cetera. So everything top to bottom, completely custom, completely owned by us. The concealer tool looks kind of like a pen, um, something sleek, discreet. The, the, the tinted moisturizer also does not look like a typical cosmetic product. These are products that guys are comfortable carrying around, leaving out on their desk, sticking in their jacket pocket, throwing in their gym bag, a lot of guys do, especially with the tinted moisturizer. And the formulation also is key, right? Guys' skin is thicker, it's oilier, it's rougher than women's. I mean, just think about the fact that most guys shave. They take a razor to their face every day or at least a couple times a week, and, and that builds up, you know, stiffness and toughness in the skin that the women's skin just doesn't have. So the formulation needs to account for that, uh, all those things I mentioned. But it's also, I think, even more basic than that. Guys don't really have big cosmetic routines, whereas women do. So a lot of the, the female products, let's say a concealer, assume maybe a base coat of, of makeup, a finishing layer, powder, setting spray, or things like that. Guys aren't doing that, and guys don't have that, and guys don't want to do that. You know, they're using it just to cover up a pimple, uh, not necessarily on their, on their whole face. Guys also aren't going to use brushes and sponges and special applicators that cost 30 or 40 or $50, whatever the blenders, the beauty blenders, right? So we formulated also to go on really easy, just, you know, dab it with the, with the stick or pump a tiny bit of moisturizer, rub it on, and then you can just finish applying it with your finger. It takes two seconds. You don't need any fancy extra 
tools or anything like that. It's, it's all built right in, and it's easy and, and simple for a guy who's not super experienced uh, to use and, and, and to apply. Yeah, and that makes sense. I mean, for men, I think they just like to get the job done and, you know, um, but feel good about themselves right. at the same time. So that's, yeah. uh, that sounds great. And, I mean, I noticed that a woman left a review on your tinted moisturizer, which made me kind of think, like, hey, maybe I should try it. But, um, <laughs> you know, I know that you just said what you said about it being, like, tailored for men, but do you think a woman could use it? Yeah, I think women could. I, I see it very similar. Like, my wife will use my deodorant sometimes. Like, you know, J. Crew and Madewell sweaters are very similar, but they're different brands. And it's like women can use men's products and vice versa, but we definitely wanted to have the design of the product and the formulation to be for guys. But you know, if, a, if a woman wants something that doesn't assume a routine and wants a, a quick, easy concealer, then absolutely. Right. Yeah. I'm, I, what were you going to say, Devere? Oh, yeah, I was just going to say that uh, my, my wife actually uses the, the tinted moisturizer pretty regularly. Um, just anecdotally. Okay. That's, listen, I mean, that's, that's, that's really cool. And I mean, I think we just tend to borrow from each other, but it's, it's, it does make sense that it's specifically for Mm -hmm. a guy and you know, that's, that's great. Like they should have, they should have access to these products. So, and in terms of skin tone, your concealer and your moisturizer, they come in three colors each. Do these colors work for most men? Yeah, that should cover about 85, 90% of skin tones, um, especially because we formulated them to be somewhat adjustable, add a little more, it'll get a bit darker, use a bit less, it'll be a bit lighter. Um, eventually, we'll add more just to really cover all skin tones, but not a lot more, meaning, you know, three, four, five is, is enough to cover pretty much every skin tone, especially when they're formulated the way we do. And in terms of the packaging, you mentioned that they're very sleek and modern. How did you choose the packaging? So that one, Devere actually went to Prime Studio, which is well known for doing Harry's razors, the Gobi toothbrush, and even like the Axe uh, body scrub. And what he really wanted was something that would fit in with an Apple-like product. So something sleek design could fit in and, and not really stand out as a moisturizer. And so it has this like gadget feeling to it. And, I, and for us, you know, the way that the, the brand really aligns with saying sleek product, sleek website, uh, the design, the packaging, the product photography, all really lining up into that uh, is really just about getting to what guys really like, which is that gadget, that simplicity, and really easy to use, too. When you go on the site, it's like you can pick the concealer, the tinted moisturizer, you pick your shade, and, and you're checking out very easily. And so making it as easy as that was was a big goal. Yeah, so this is, you know, a, a interesting question, but how did you and Devere meet each other? And how what's it like working together on a daily basis? Well, my first contact with Devere, I wanted more writers for my website as I was running my YouTube channel, and I messaged him on Twitter because we had gone back and forth, and I, I think he had interviewed me for the Peak Lapel. And uh, when I first talked to him, he said, oh, you know, yeah, but I'm, I'm working on this thing where it's a, it's a new product and no one's ever done it before. And I was like, oh, okay, no problem. And so we, we kept in touch. But then uh, once Strix launched, I did a video on my YouTube channel and I ended up using the concealer tool a lot through this past year. I actually, on one of my biggest, uh, most important videos, I was interviewing the executives for Alan Edmonds and I had the concealer tool on because I woke up that morning uh, with, uh, I think it was razor burn or blemish. And so he and I like knew of each other. We had always gone back and forth on Twitter. And then when, when he reached out and said he was looking for somebody to, uh, 
help with the company, I, rem I was like, this is a cool product. I like this so far. And, and the more that we work together, I came in with high expectations and they've been exceeded now because uh, we are very complementary in skill sets, but also uh, very open with each other, constant dialogue. We end up using the uh, voice memos on WhatsApp a whole lot. And so uh, <laughs> just the way that we, the, the way that we complement each other in, in skill set, but also we work in, in similar fashions, uh, detail-oriented and that sort of thing, it ended up working out even better than expected. That's amazing. It's like your um, your uh, work husband. You're each other's exactly. work husband. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So what are some challenges you faced in starting your company? Uh, oh, boy. I, uh, there are challenges every day. That's really the truth. Um, I guess it's a little cliche, but uh, it's really true, especially around any startup company. It's, it's just constant problem solving. Um, I would say one of the bigger ones uh, that just comes to mind, uh, I've probably spoken about this many times because I found it so fascinating, was that when when we were first going around to have the products produced, especially the concealer tool, like this pen, this really like sleek, unique pen product that would also have, a, I guess, a hidden concealer inside, right? We were literally rejected by manufacturer after manufacturer that was like, no, this is too complicated. No, we can't do this. You know, this. Uh, it, I mean, literally, it took us months and months to find a manufacturer that was like, oh, yeah, we could do that. And it took, they have, they have, like, their home base here in, in New York. I'm um, actually out on Long Island. And they have literally a team of engineers that spent months, like, testing and prototyping, 3D printing different versions of this product until it got to a point that was like, okay, this is, like, good enough. We started doing actual production runs, further quality testing from there. So, like, that was, that was a massive challenge, actually creating the product in the first place and then getting it to our quality standards. Um, and I just think really forever going forward as part of our core identity as a brand is making products that are really unique and different and for a guy, which no one's ever done in this space before catered to, to men like this. So I think that will always be a challenge for the brand is, is finding and creating really great and unique products and, and the natural manufacturing difficulties that sometimes go along with that. Yeah. And well, you know, I guess you definitely learn from the challenges and thank God you, you know, found something clearly that's working. So, you know, you're on to something. What, <laughs> what, what's your advice for someone entering the makeup and skincare space? Is this, are you asking uh, from an entrepreneurial standpoint or from a, uh, a customer? I would say um, no, from an entrepreneurial standpoint. Okay. I think when you look at the makeup space, especially the women's side, it is, it's massive and it seems like it's saturated, but there somehow seems to be new brands popping up all the time that are serving something very specific. And actually, like our, basically our sister brand, Carity, is a good example where my wife uh, found this brush on Carity's website and said, I love this brush. I used to have this from this company. They stopped making it. And like you can build a whole business if you serve one thing really, really well. And yeah, while the, the market looks like it's it's really well covered, there's so much, mm -hmm. there's still a lot of opportunity in there, especially uh, when you are doing something really well and, and serving a customer that can be a huge fan. And when you would have, you know, 10 years ago, you'd think never that Glossier could never exist because there's huge mega corporations that have all this beauty stuff, but then you make products that are amazing, you, you build customer loyalty, and then you build an entire business around that. Yeah. 
and it's it's it is really amazing and it's it's great that there's so much you know there is space for people to come in if they're making a great product so you focus a lot on confidence which definitely is really important for men and women what do you think in your mind the connection is between how you look and how you feel i think it's i think it's fundamental right it it, it has to be fundamental i don't think I don't think it's possible to feel good if if you don't think that you look good. You know, uh, I, I really think that 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 has to come first, right? I think you have to feel that you're putting your best foot forward and making the best first impression that you can be making, um, and that requires effort. And I think for a long time that was seen as something like oh, it's okay for women to do that, but guys guys don't care about how they look. Um, and and historically that was never true until about 50 years ago. Um, and it's, it's, it's finally coming back, thankfully, that it's normal and okay and encouraged. And, uh, and I agree that it should be for guys to care and put effort into their appearance and how they present themselves to the world uh, because it matters. When you look good, you feel good. And when you feel good, you're going to do everything that you do a little better. I'm not really sure what it is. Like, uh, as far as guys, like, not caring about their appearance, like, when I grew up, my dad used to say that I looked like a million bucks, but I, like, never felt good. And it wasn't until... I learned more about the space that I could not just felt like I looked good, but people like would compliment me as well. And so once you make that turn and you start, like once guys start to, to capture that, it is so powerful. And I think that's why there is so much excitement in the space right now is that guys are waking up to it. It's a very powerful thing. It's very heartwarming. And I mean, for sure, in terms of looking good, whether it's wearing the right outfit, having the right mindset, having the right concealer or moisturizer, those are all things that go into it. And sometimes like you might not feel on the inside, you know, you might not feel like, like a star, but if slowly but surely, you know, the more, the more you take care of the outside, I think that that kind of like bleeds in and then it just becomes your, you know, who you are. I, I, I think that that's true. So in terms of making a first impression, which I think, you know, you guys stress a lot on, on the website and um, overall in terms of the brand, how important is it to form a good first impression? And what's your advice for men and women out there? What the adage is always said about not judging a book by its cover, but human nature is just that. If you walk into a room and somebody is really tall and is like is scary, then you just react on a sub conscious level to that person but if somebody comes in and they're dressed well and they smell good like you you have a better sense of that person overall and so you can use that to your advantage style and appearance are always working you just want to make it work for you not against you and so it is extremely important and if you go into a job interview you want to come in and you want to be uh, swinging on the front foot, not from the back foot, right? And so if you're, if you look good, you'll feel better, you'll perform better in almost anything that you do. And so whether it's, uh, you know, if it's a job interview, if it's uh, a date night, if it's your wedding day, like you want to feel your best. And so using those tools and levers in order to accomplish that has never been easier with how much education there is out there. It just takes a little bit of time and digging. And there's even people you can pay now that'll dress you and send you clothes and, and all that sort of stuff. And so, uh, especially for guys, that's what we're excited to do at Strix is to give some, not just the products, but also how to use them and how to employ them in a very uh, meaningful way. And is that part of why you started the blog, um, The Peak Lapel? 
Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, it, it's kind of, it's, it's two pieces. So we, we actually, uh, or, or way back when, I started the blog now over about two and a half years ago, before Strix, before we had the products, before we were to market, kind of like day one. Um, and that was really because uh, we wanted to create an environment to capture guys that cared about how they looked and style and clothing or were interested in, in learning more about this. And so the company blog, uh, as you said, the Peak Lapel, um, is really all about that, around men's grooming and lifestyle and clothing reviews and suit reviews and, and all these sorts of things um, because it, it, it draws in guys that care about their appearance and care about how they look. Um, and then when we slowly are now and have been transitioning to include a little bit more around uh, men's cosmetics and tutorials around the products that we sell at Strix and, and so on and so forth. So it, it, it makes sense, right? There's that natural progression of, you know, you're, you're putting time and effort and money into your shoes and pants and shirt and jacket and blazer and, and all that stuff. You're putting multiple minutes in front of the mirror every morning, making sure, right, like you're saying about your husband, right, that, that your hair looks good and that you are moisturizing and all these things. And like, why not take the extra step to cover up a zit or fix the razor burn or the under eye bags and, and so on and so forth, right? It, it almost doesn't make sense not to. So it's all kind of part of, of the same whole around looking your best, like we've been saying, and, and being your most confident and, and putting your best foot forward. And the articles are really awesome. <laughs> Thank you. It, especially, for example, the article on custom leather jackets. I was enthralled by that. How do you find <laughs> content to inspire you and to write about? There is a lot of information out on the web, but there's still so much that can be written. And even, you know, the community that's been built up around the Peak Lapel is a really good source for that as well. So when a new product launches or there's not information out there, the, the guys will reach out and say, hey, could you review this? Or we're interested in this this type of topic or subject. And, uh, and for us, it's a passion thing. Like Devere and I are both really into menswear and style, and, and we want these things for ourselves. And so if, if we want it, then there must be somebody else who's interested in it, and it's definitely uh, proven itself out there. And so uh, it's kind of a mix of like, what, what are we really interested in? What are we curious about? And then what can't we find information on? And then what is our audience asking us for? Because uh, they can be pretty vocal. Yeah, and in terms of the blog, it's very comprehensive. It just has, it has interviews and style tips and clothing reviews. And I read your article about how to wear a denim jacket based on your personality. So can you offer any advice for women's fashion? Well, I think... My wife, I get, I, we also get questions of, is there a blog like this for women? And I think it's interesting that there, there isn't an exact um, analogy for that. Like there isn't another site that's doing this detail specific things, but I think it's because the women's space is so broad. There's so many different styles and aesthetics and materials and colors, and, and it's, it is so much more fragmented than the men's space. Men basically have suits and uh, chinos, button-down shirts, and, and some you know shoe styles. But I think in women's fashion, similar mantras apply that we talk about, which is like buy quality, invest in things that last for a while. Uh, there is a timeless style to women's nature, not as much as men. Like men are still wearing the same Oxford shoes as they were in the 1900s. But there are pieces in women's wardrobes that can work interchangeably. And I think we're moving beyond the era where you need to have different outfits constantly and all the time and, and this sort of thing. Like there are, there are pieces you can put into a wardrobe that will be interchangeable and you can get a lot of use out of. Uh, but I think also as fast fashion is starting to show its its true nature, not just environmentally, but also the way the clothes don't last, I think 
um, you know, buying a really nice pair of, of jeans or denim in the women's world is going to be just as applicable as in the men's world. And so for us, it's always about buying quality and making sure you're getting stuff that lasts. Yeah. And I mean, I really did appreciate, I felt like there was like a lot of sincerity in the, in the articles and just, you know, helping not just from like a fashionable point of view, but just, you know, also like economical and just, you know, giving people real advice for looking their best. So that was, uh, that was good to see. So I, I really don't know what, how you both do it. I mean, John, in addition to Strick, you are the founder and president of The Cavalier, which is a menswear review website and YouTube channel. So can you tell us more about that? Yeah, it was uh, five years ago. I was buying a ton of clothes for my corporate job, but I couldn't find videos about those brands. And so I was like, well, I know how to work a camera and I can post YouTube videos. Actually, I think my first YouTube video I ever posted was in 2006. So I've been on the platform for a very long time. Uh, But I had this idea of like, all right, straightforward reviews that I can share with other guys. And um, it ended up taking on a life of its own outside of my day job, which I quit in 2018. And so I was able to go off my own and do the the channel. And and it was the right place, right time, because uh, I saw what ended up being the influencer market pretty early. And I I was able to do it in my own unique way. And what's been nice over the years is having a little bit of foresight and treating it as a business, which is like, look, this is a thing that I have to do to make money to support myself and my now three children and and my wife that stays at home with them. And uh, and it's it's been a very cool ride. And it opened up opportunities like Strix because using this expertise uh, in order to to grow the brand is is very exciting. Yeah, I watched your minimalist sneaker review, and I just really liked the honest opinions that you were saying, oh, you know, this is like the $200, you know, this is great for a $200 price point, and then this is, you know, but if you, you know, can spend X amount of money, you, you know, this is also really great. So I just felt like, you know, it was it was really good advice. Have you always been drawn to fashion? I was always drawn to clothing, but I never really understood it in a way until I got into college. Actually, I think one of the biggest turning points for me, I was moving into a, a dorm and my roommate made fun of my jean shorts. This was in like uh, the late, uh, the, I don't know, 2000, I can't remember what year that was, early you know, 2010 or something, but it was like definitely past an era when jean shorts were stylish or fashionable, but I was just wearing them because I always wore clothes that my grandma bought me, and that was like when I was like, okay, this is something I could pay attention to, and then I started to get more into it, and then when I started my first corporate job, like I had to wear a shirt and tie every day, I worked around lawyers, and they had really nice suits, and so that definitely took me into that space, and I started to pay attention more. And then, uh, you know, once you, once you get a taste of it, you, you really go all in. And uh, now I still can't get enough of it. Yeah, I mean, I grew up, you know, like we always had magazines lying around the house. And I really couldn't afford much more than Forever 21 in those days. But, um, you know, I, I, I still love Forever 21, by the way. I will not throw them under the bus, <laughs> even though, I mean, obviously, you know, it is fast fashion and all of that. Uh, but I just think that I kind of felt like fashion is a way to, well, it is a way to express yourself and kind of, um, you know, transform yourself. So it was, uh, that from a very young age, I kind of, um, had that passion for fashion. So absolutely. I'll never forget my first time going into 
H&M and I spent so much money on clothes because it was like a different fit and I never had clothes that were plain. I just wanted something that looked like nice and everything coming out of those stores tends to look nice. For me, what did end up fueling the channel was doing that so many times, finding the clothes didn't really last. And then I was like, oh, there's other brands, but you have to get over the mental hurdle of spending more money and investing and everything. And so, yeah, H&M was a a huge turning point for me when I got rid of those jean shorts because I bought like slim fit jeans for the first time. And I was like, whoa, these are crazy. Yeah. So, so how do you both characterize your style? Um, it's a good question. I don't know. Uh, there's probably a difference between what I would like it to be and uh, what ends up happening, which is I just throw on, uh, you know, slim jeans and, and a nice sweatshirt because it's more comfortable. Um, but yeah, I guess like business casual, leaning more, leaning more casual. You know, I now, so you know, right now I got on a pair of, of green corduroys and uh, well, and a sweatshirt, <laughs> but uh, so it's it's kind of in between that. I always think of mine as like uh, it's a contemporary classic. So I I'll, I will go anything that like Jean Kelly would wear is something that I would wear, but I like to have it. You know, maybe it's a little bit slimmer, uh, updated fabrics, that sort of thing. And so I always lean that way. I did work, I worked at a startup and I was usually the most dressed up out of anybody there because I would wear a jacket, like a blazer or something. And so I did go extremely slim for a while. I've now uh, bulked up a little bit and so I have to let out some of my pants and, and I have a little bit looser of a fit as I enter my uh, my 30s here. And so I'd say it's, it's modern, it's not too trendy. Uh, but I always get inspired by the classics, whether it's James Bond or uh, or Gene Kelly and, and that era of fashion. Wow. And, I mean, does Devere, do you ever ask John for fashion advice? <laughs> we talk about it pretty often. We, we, were, we were talking about the other day. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. That's true also. Yeah. It, it's pretty detailed, though. When we're talking about stuff, it's usually, like, highly specific around, like, oh, this exact part of the pants, how it's cut versus this other pair, you know, and the different fabric and whatever. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's all, all around fashion and honestly, everything we've been speaking about, grooming, skincare, and, and truthfully, anything like this in, in life that's an acquired taste, whether it's music or wine or whatever it is, movies, right? Like the more you do it and the more you learn about it and the deeper in you go, there's always more to learn. There are always people that know a million times more than you do. There's always things to pick up from other people. And, and, and once you get into it and appreciate it and like it and enjoy it, uh, it's, it's, it's a whole world that, that really opens up. Um, there are all these interesting details to learn about and adjust and personalize and, and so on and so forth. So it's, it's never ending, which I guess, I guess some might say is a bad thing, but uh, if you enjoy it, and I think people get a lot out of it, myself included, I, I think that's a very good thing. Yeah, and well, speaking to the whole, you know, trying different things and learning about more and more what's out there, do you, are you like constantly trying different products in terms of, you know, moisturizers or things that so you could see, you know, what you would want to make for the future? Yeah, 100%. Uh, we, any, anytime there's a new brand, I'm like the first customer, uh, probably not, but I try to be, um, always testing things, always buying from companies, seeing their formulation, seeing what they're doing, uh, and even broader than that, right, learning about how the company deals with their customers, how quickly do they ship, what sort of box do they use, what's their customer support experience, uh, really just, again, trying to learn as much as possible from what other brands are doing. I just really want to make sure that we always have a finger on the pulse and we always know what, what else is going on in the industry and, and, and in the market. Yeah, and do you see yourself coming out with new products or do you want to stay more focused? 
We definitely want to do more product. Uh, we're working on some right now. Uh, don't want to give don't want to give much more than that away, but we absolutely see ourselves see Strix as being a, a full line of, of men's grooming and cosmetic products, like right at that intersection of cosmetics and skincare. Awesome. Okay, I understand. If you told me, you might have to kill me, so we'll just we'll leave it at that. <laughs> but um, exactly. so. I mean, I think that when you look your best, feel your best, so do you see that connection between skincare and fashion? I mean, I know we spoke about that a little bit already. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's all right. Yeah, exactly. We spoke about it, I think, to some extent. Everything everything is connected. It's, it's, it didn't make sense to me, right? And it was one of the reasons why I founded the company, um, that guys would put so much effort. I mean, even just look at the wedding, right? That, that's a perfect example. John talks about this all the time, right? Guys that have never spent money on clothes, have no problem dropping $1,000 on a wedding suit, right? We're barely, barely thinking twice about it because that's just what you do. And then the morning of, right, the, the woman wakes up seven hours early. She's there, makeup artist, hair, everything. It's a whole to-do. And the guy rolls out of bed two hours before the wedding, brushes his hair, puts on the fancy suit. He's good to go. And his face could look terrible. He could be, who knows what's, what's going on. And they barely washed his face in the morning, right? Like there's no, it doesn't make sense that guys are putting in more and more effort nowadays into how their clothes look and into how their hair looks and into like everything but their face, which is probably the most important part. It's the thing people are going to see first and interact with most. So it's almost like you could put as much time and effort into everything else as you want. If, if you're not taking care of your face, if you're, if you're not treating it properly and not doing everything you can around that, it's like, it, it's almost as if everything else is a waste at best, you know, but, but really it's like, you're never going to be a hundred percent. You're never going to look your best. You're never going to feel your best. You're never going to get all, all those benefits um, unless you're doing this also. So we really think they go hand in hand and, and more and more nowadays, they, they really do. Yeah. And uh, especially you, you guys have the products where it's not even like you're taking the guesswork out of it. So why not? You know, it's there for you. Take Absolutely. advantage of it. Yeah. Absolutely. So where do you see the future of men's skincare going? So it, it's cosmetics, right? It's cosmetics. Uh, if you look just at the market, the, the women's skincare plus cosmetics market in the U.S., is about $30 billion. A majority of that is made up of cosmetics, right? I think 17 or $18 billion of that market is, is cosmetics. Men's skincare and cosmetics, which is mostly just skincare, is less than $2 billion. Now that's doubled since the late 90s, and it's expected to double again in the next five to 10 years, which is ridiculous growth, obviously. But the way that it's going to double and triple and quadruple and eventually reach the, the heights of women's is through cosmetic, right? The, the, it, it's moving more towards that intersection point of where skincare touches cosmetic. And again, we're not necessarily talking a full face of makeup, eyeliner and eyeshadow and lipstick and things like that. There are always guys that are going to do that and be into that. And that's great. And more power to them. That's not, I don't think necessarily going mainstream anytime in the near future, but I think exactly what Strix is doing is, is why not use a little bit of concealer? These guys are doing it anyway. Their wife is putting it on a little bit here and there and all these other products around it, whether it's just a great face moisturizer, under eye creams, uh, brow combs, all these sorts of things that more and more and more guys are using that that's where we're going, right? We're, we're, we've moved past the, the era where guys are just where, you know, using a shampoo and a cologne and, and deodorant and, you know, great, we're done, right? It's, it's, it's much more than that now. And it's, it's going to continue. It's going to continue going down that, that road. Yeah. And, and what are the goals for the future of Strix? 
Yeah, I'll, I'll answer first, and then I'll, I'll let John go as well. Um, to me, and, and for me, it's it's really to be the the market leader in in this realm, where again, cosmetics and skincare touches be the dominant, the go-to brand. We were the first to market with a product like this, um, and there's certainly room for other players. We think the market is more than big enough for a, a Pepsi to our Coke, but uh, we we for me, it's it's just about being the leading brand here, pushing the market forward and, and pushing guys forward. What do you think, John? Yeah, in a, well, in a similar yeah similar vein, we being the first movers and being the first to really formulate this for guys, like the education piece around this and helping guys feel more confident in the idea, how to execute it, but then also leading them in the overall lifestyle. Because once you do get a taste of how good you feel in this, you want to go conquer the world. And so, you know, the first guy that ends up taking the concealer to his face and then getting a, a bigger job or a promotion or anything. It's like we want to empower that guy, and we are absolutely set up to do that right now. Wow. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Devere and John, for joining me. And, you know, especially the holidays are around the corner, so I think everyone should go head over to Strix and get the ladies should go get their husbands <laughs> some <laughs> concealer and moisturizer. And, you know, I just really appreciate um, talking to you guys and shedding some light on this, uh, this whole world and industry. So thanks so much. Yeah, absolutely. Pleasure. Awesome. Have a great night, guys. Thanks. You too. Have a good one. Everyone can see your anger is misplaced.